In this week's Blue Tech Tasting Menu, we'll be speaking to Reese Owen, our Editor-in-Chief, about this month's intelligence briefing that's just gone to press. We'll next be speaking to Feng Yu from China Water Risk about the upcoming Power Industry Insight Report. But first, the question this month on everyone's mind is, what does 2017 have in store? At Blue Tech, we will attempt to answer that question in our own way by examining market trends and looking at what our research really tells us. So this week, I've caught up with Reese, our editor, who will tell us what's been happening in January within Blue Tech. Reese, thank you for joining us. What can our clients expect to read in this month's intelligence briefing? Well, this month, we have highlights from three reports which are on the platform. They are loosely based around an industrial theme. So we have a report called Industrial Wastewater Treatment uh, Key Industries, a part of a series. This time we look at the wastewater treatment needs of six sectors, marine, shipyards, refineries, the textiles, soap and detergents, and palm oil. We also have a report looking at the potential for upgrading biogas from wastewater treatment facilities for feeding into natural gas pipelines. It's an area that's attracting increasing interest because it's a renewable resource and it's becoming cheaper and cheaper to upgrade the biogas to go into the pipelines. It just needs uh, processes to remove some contaminants. We also have an in-depth look at the innovation landscape for biocides within various industry sectors. And that comes with an appendix of all the major patent filings within that area for people who want to dig into the detail. Uh, that's an uh, overview of the main content added this month. We also have, as usual, a in-depth company report, this time looking at MSC. They have their membrane aerated biofilm reactor, which we uh, pick apart and assess for its disruptivity and potential. That's great. Yeah, certainly the first month in and we're certainly up uh, out and about quite busy. That's uh, it's interesting you mentioned the, the MABR, which is, uh, uh, you know, is the technology that's used to remove nutrients. Uh, there's certainly a lot happening in that space, Reese. If you'd agree, you, you would have noticed towards the end of last year, we saw a spur of activity in the nutrient removal and recovery market, you know, with a number of high profile companies either acquiring licensing rights from vendors or acquiring other smaller technology companies that are active in this in this space as well. So, um, that's a... right. We had PAX licensing uh, Anamox to Avivo. Exactly. Yeah. The U.S. market. Yeah. It's uh, certainly an area that we see growing the wastewater treatment market over the next 12 months. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Rhys. Uh, that was a fantastic overview. We'll look forward to reading the intelligence briefing. Thank you. I hope you enjoy it. The other trend we're seeing this year is a renaissance of opportunity in the Chinese market. In many ways, the first wave of international companies going into China had started to wane as the capacity and capability of local EPC contractors has grown. This brings me to the topic of our upcoming uh, Insight Report. We have an Insight Report we're working on focusing on the power industry in China. We're working with Feng Yu from China Water Risk on this. Feng, can you tell our audience why we're looking into the power industry in China and why is it important? Okay, thank you, dear. Um, China with Risk is a Hong Kong-based initiative um, dedicated to address business and financial risks arising from China's issues. So in China, agriculture and industries account for over 80% of China's water use and wastewater discharge. 
Many types of power generation, such as thermal power and nuclear power, need wood for cooling. Power-related industries, such as coal mining, also need water in the production process, and are also often located in water-stressed regions and compete with agriculture for um, limited water resources. Therefore, water, energy, and food security are interlinked and all matters for the long-term sustainability of the economy and social stability in China. Thanks, Feng. And what will the report cover? Um, I think the report is about water technology market opportunities and drivers in the power sector in China. So our job is to provide a clear and easy to understand overview of the sector landscape, and also recent regulations and policies in relation to water use and wastewater treatment in coal-fired power plants. The report will cover information such as the market structure of the power sector and the regulations on FGD and wastewater discharge. Recently, Chinese government also released its uh, 13th five-year plan on energy development and for the power sector. So the report will also include latest government plans and targets by 2020. I think this information will help water tech providers better assess the market in terms of scale, specific technology needs, as well as regions with relatively bigger potential to grow. Fantastic. We look forward to the report. Thanks for your time, Feng. And finally, if you've been following our podcast in recent weeks, then you would have noticed that the overriding theme for 2017 relates to how the mega trend of digitalization, big data, or the Internet of Things, whichever buzzword you prefer, is expressing itself as the Internet of Water, or IWO. This is the theme for much of this year and will be the key focus at the Blue Tech Forum as well. This brings me to my next speaker. Now, as we head into February, we're very pleased to announce that Australian technology company Biogill have signed up to showcase at the event and, we, and we'll hear all about them from our technology expert, Steve Gluck. Steve, thank you for joining us. Can you say a few words about Biogill and its technology? Hi, Divya. Biogill is a great example of our theme of the fourth industrial revolution in water. It was born out of an advanced materials science program at the Australian Nuclear Science Technology Office as a means to make artificial rock to encapsulate nuclear waste. Serendipitously, it was observed also to be a substrate for rapid attachment and growth of biofilms. The initial concept was to innovate, em- emulate a fish gill for the mass transfer of oxygen to enable respiration for the production of pharmaceuticals, but was deemed in the mind of a business entrepreneur to have a faster success track for BOD removal. In parallel, we have seen the digital age flattening business hierarchies and extending our communications with the result of smaller businesses becoming more competitive. As an example, we witnessed the food and beverage industry, in particular craft brewing, which has exhibited outstanding growth rates in the last 10 years and not born out of large corporate brewers. Coming back to Biogill, since Biogill is a highly engineered design useful for soluble BOD reduction where on the small scale little technical skill is required, it fits as new user crafts such as craft brewing that has an unmet need for pretreatment solutions. If you look at it, there's no attached growth system that is similar. It has no forced aeration, it's above ground, and it's designed to be capable of supporting a wide range of biota with an air and a water side. It uses a material conducive to robust long-term operation that is a high-tech material, but it has a rapid startup capability. 
BioGill is a good low-cost tool for this industry where they have an exceptional awareness of environmental sustainability and want simple solutions to manage their environmental footprint. Perfect. Thanks for that, Steve. We look forward to hearing from BioGill at the event. Thank you.